Hello, and welcome to the Responsive Family Sleep Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Hawley, holistic sleep coach, lactation consultant, peaceful parenting educator, and mom. If you've ever felt overwhelmed by all the conflicting sleep info, frustrated with sleep information that just plain felt wrong, or searched desperately for a truly gentle and responsive sleep approach, then you are in the right place. In each episode, we'll be answering your most pressing baby and toddler sleep questions, busting those sleep myths, and helping you understand truly developmental, biologically normal baby and toddler sleep plus encouraging you to trust your intuition along the way. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back. I am really excited for today's topic because I feel like it's such a common struggle and question of parents, but also there's a lot of BS out there. So today we are talking about bedtimes and specifically how do you know what the right bedtime is for your baby or toddler. Now, let's just start by acknowledging all the random stuff you hear, right? That babies have to go to bed at seven or between seven and eight, or you'll miss some magic melatonin window and, you know, it's bad for them to go to bed late. If they go to bed late, they're going to sleep worse. And there's all sorts of just junk, right? Sometimes without any reasonable explanation, sometimes with a kind of scientific sounding, you know, based on something sciencey that that has some truth to it kind of explanation. And, you know, it's such a strong, uh, there's so many strong statements out there around bedtime timing that it can be really hard to weed through, especially when there is that sort of science-sounding explanation with it. So there's a lot of factors that shape your bedtime. So if I was going to give you the short answer to when should my baby or toddler go to sleep, the answer would be it depends. And it depends on a lot of factors that we'll chat about in this episode. Before we do that, I want to acknowledge that bedtime is cultural. It is absolutely 100% culturally influenced. And in the U.S., where I am recording this episode, we are obsessed with early bedtimes, right? That's where you get this, baby should go to bed at seven, or baby should go to bed between seven and eight. You know, late bedtimes are bad kind of mentality. And so we are getting a lot of information that's filtered through that cultural lens. Around the world, not all little kids go to bed early. And in many countries, they stay up considerably later than we do in the U.S. and um, some other countries. So there was a cross-cultural study done a while back looking at bedtimes, and it found almost a three-hour time difference between average bedtimes in the earlier countries and in the later-to-bed countries. And we are definitely one of those earlier-to-bed countries, and so uh, if we are hearing a lot around seven to eight, right? That means that in many countries, it's accepted and normal for babies to be up past 10 o'clock. And that's not like a, oh, weird, right, kind of thing. There's no worries about that because it is shaped by cultural patterns. Now, there are other things that shape when the best time for your little to go to bed is. And when your little goes to bed is going to change over time. 
and is going to change, you know, as they drop a nap and could change as they have different patterns, right, throughout their days. My kids were opposites as babies, funnily enough, right? So my oldest has always been a later to bed kind of kiddo. And I had no friends that really had babies at the time. And I hadn't really dived into learning about sleep yet. So I was just like, he's going to go to bed when he goes to bed. Um, I'm a morning person. I go to bed early. So he just honestly went to bed when I went to bed, which meant he went to bed around, you know, like 9, 930. I'm totally an early to bed, um, early to wake up person. Just that's how my body works. And so that is actually how his body works also, except that for a baby, that's kind of on the later side, right? And so he is uh, a night owl. He is a late to bed person. And he went to bed that late until he started preschool and we needed to get up earlier. And so we had to work really, really hard to move bedtime earlier. And as a school age kiddo, we had to work really, really hard <laughs> to keep bedtime from creeping too late so that he gets enough sleep. And my daughter was the opposite. She, for the first two years of her life, went to bed early, like 6.30 to 7.30. And so when I had this little newborn and she was crashing out at seven and it was so clear to me as an experienced mom and as a sleep coach that she was ready to go to bed, I was like, who are you little mutant baby? Like, why are you going to sleep so early? Um, because it was so different than my experience with my oldest. And so um, I say the first two years because now she would totally try to stay up later with her big brother, uh, even though her body still does need to go to bed earlier than him because they're five years apart. So let's dive into some of the factors that shape bedtime, right? I kind of showing you two ends of the spectrum with my own kiddos. And let's dive into some of the things that are going to shape how your little's bedtime, you know, where it falls and what's kind of ideal in any given phase. So first is when do they need to be up in the morning, right? Because if you have to get them up at six to get them to daycare, they're going to need to have an earlier bedtime than if they can sleep until 7.30, you know, assuming they will and not all babies or toddlers will. And so our own family patterns in that sense really shape when their bedtime needs to be to make sure they get enough sleep. And going hand in hand with that is how much nighttime sleep do they need, right? So some kiddos really need, you know, 11 hours overnight. Others are going to be 10 hours. Um, some are going to duck under that and actually do quite well with a little bit less. And then we're going to get some of our kiddos that actually do need a 12-hour night, which as a side note is absolutely not most kids, even though we hear a lot about those 12-hour nights that's not most kids. And so if you have a little one who needs 10 hours of sleep and they don't need to get up until seven and their body will sleep in until seven, then they're going to go to bed at nine, right? If you took that same kiddo or they could go to bed at nine, right? If you took that same kiddo and put them to bed at seven, then there is a good chance they could be waking up at five, you know, 5.30 because they got their 10 to half hours of sleep. And they're ready to be up for the day. And so if we took another another kiddo, a baby or toddler who maybe needed 11 hours overnight and they need to be up at six to be taken to daycare so you can leave for work, they're gonna need that earlier bedtime to get those 11 hours, right? They are going to need to go to sleep at seven. 
And so you can see how just that basic, how much sleep do they need overnight and when do they have to get up in the morning is going to at least give you a guide to where you should be targeting bedtime. Now, another piece is have they built up enough sleep pressure, right? How long has it been since their last nap? And what does their body need as far as time awake to build up enough sleep pressure to be ready for sleep? And so obviously a baby napping, younger baby napping more times a day, they are going to be awake for shorter periods of time. You know, uh, a two-year-old is going to be awake for half the day and need a lot of time to build up enough sleep pressure to be ready for sleep. And so this is where we're going to see a lot of shifting, right? Shifting of the naps, shifting bedtime um, when you're in those weird, awkward, in-between places with naps. And also making sure the naps are placed appropriately to support a bedtime that makes sense for your little one. Yeah, I will tell you, I live in D.C. And in D.C. we have, you know, free preschool through the public school system. And they have a nap time for PK3 and pre-K4. And so my kids were early nap droppers and they dropped their naps, you know, for pretty much for good around two and a half. And then at three, they're in preschool and they're offered a nap and both of them would nap because preschool was really exciting, right? They were really stimulated. And then there was the community aspect. And so they would doze off not all the time, but a good bit of the time. And then (laughs) they wouldn't want to go to bed till really, really late because they had to build up enough sleep pressure. And so I would always be tearing my hair out because, oh my gosh, like school's going to have these naps. I have no control over it. But also, oh my gosh, now I can't get my kiddo to sleep at a reasonable time. Um, And it, it made sleep harder you know, even as a sleep coach, even with my daughter, who I knew all the things, and there was really nothing I could do but lean into it and accept it and make the best of it. So we have the timing of the naps, building up the sleep pressure, when do they have to get up in the morning, and how much nighttime sleep do they need? So just want to, one more thing before we move on from that is as littles drop naps, the bedtime is going to move, right? And that is, that is normal, that's expected. Um, And so while we want some consistency around bedtimes for older babies and toddlers because we want some consistency around when they wake up. We want to support a healthy circadian rhythm, but also as they drop naps and as their ability to stay awake for longer periods of time shifts, bedtime is naturally going to shift. So this is something we sometimes need to check back in with and make some adjustments either with naps or with bedtime. So another piece is our family patterns, right? If we have a family where we all get home from work pretty late and pick them up from childcare pretty late, then an early bedtime is going to be really, really difficult because they need to reconnect with you. You need time with them. And, you know, you don't want to feel like you're rushing through the entire evening because that's not going to set anyone up well for sleep. So while we don't have full control over this, attempting to set up for a slightly later bedtime when you know everyone gets home late, it's just going to functionally work better, right? And so there are these pieces that are about the broader family. Um, and can we, can we nudge things around to try to get a bedtime that makes sense so that we have time to be together as a family? And then there's your baby's just inherent circadian tendencies um, or chronotype. And um 
some babies, you know, I have found just experientially, I don't really have any research to back this up, but some babies are pretty flexible with their bedtime, right? As long as they're getting enough sleep overnight, the naps are well spaced, they have a good amount of sleep pressure, we have a nice rhythm, we can adjust their bedtime, you know, within the context of adjusting all the sleep timings. And other littles seem to be very dialed into a specific bedtime. I've seen this with a lot of families where it's almost like no matter what we do with naps, their little is going to fall asleep, let's say at 8.30. And they'll fall asleep at 8.30 and not sleep very well because they didn't build up enough sleep pressure. They had a late nap. They'll crash into sleep at 8.30. Uh, even if they skipped a nap, I've been up a crazy amount of time. And they'll happily go to sleep at 8.30 if their naps are perfect, right? So there's just not as much wiggle for them. Their bodies are really set Um, versus the ones where it's like, okay, how long have you been awake? How is the spread of sleep? And so knowing, getting an idea around if your baby has a tendency towards kind of being locked into a bedtime a bit more versus if it's just more about the big picture, that can really help you know um, how to set up their sleep timings and rhythms to maximize that that sleep and, and support that bedtime however it unfolds. So these are a lot of different factors to think about when you think about what is the right bedtime for my baby or toddler. And as you can see, it's not a simple answer. It's not just everyone should go to bed at seven or between seven and eight. And, you know, those cultural factors, all those different sleep timing and family pattern factors are really going to tell you right now in this phase, when should my little go to sleep? And it's tough when their bedtime really conflicts with when you would like to go to sleep, right? If they're really early to sleep kiddos and need a lot of support um, to stay asleep, that's tough. Um, But I'll be honest, like having a kiddo that wants to stay up really late when you're like, I really want to connect with you at bedtime, but I want to go to sleep child, (laughs) which is me and my oldest kiddo. Um, That's, that's tough too. So I hope this gives you some ideas to think about and to know that it's more important that you get the timings right around bedtime, that they head into bedtime in a good place than it is, you know, sticking to any specific arbitrary bedtime rules or, you know, cultural beliefs around what bedtime should look like. Thank you for joining me today. I hope this episode left you feeling more informed confident and encouraged on your sleep journey. And just a reminder before you go that nothing in this episode is individualized to your specific sleep situation, nor is it to be taken as medical advice. Take what resonates, ignore what doesn't, and check with your healthcare provider about any medical concerns. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss an episode. And take a moment to rate, review, or share an episode you love on social media. All of that helps parents just like you find me, this podcast, and this gentle and responsive sleep information. I'll see you next time.